Welcome to Mystic Soul Unveiled, where we go on a transformative journey to unveil the sacred depths of your being. I'm your host, Kathy Arbeiter, and I'm thrilled to guide you through a path of self-discovery, healing, and spiritual empowerment. We'll uncover the veils that shroud your true essence, peeling away layers of conditioning, entrenched beliefs, and the residue of past traumas. We'll tap into the wisdom of spiritual guides, harness the healing energies of sound, and unlock the keys to overcoming life's struggles. Through candid conversations, insightful teachings, and empowering techniques, you'll discover pathways to transcend limitation, heal wounds, and live a life aligned with your highest pleasure and purpose. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mystic Soul Unveiled. I'm your host, Kathy Arbeiter, and today I have Jordan Cooper. I'm so excited to have her on the show today. I want to introduce Jordan to you. I met her uh, a few years ago, I think. Actually, I, I remember listening to your story about meeting the people at the the whole situation at the Olive Garden. And I'll let you share that story if you want to later on. And then I found out that you also have a cleaning business and you help people who have really tough times with their mental health. And you come in and you clean up their spaces and make it all pretty and shiny. And then you even touch on how important it is to your mental health to have clear spaces. And I mentioned to you previously on episode six, whenever I was talking about energy pullers and environmental vibration, how whenever you walk into a room, then if something is always pulling on your attention, then that can affect your mental health. And so it's important to get those things cleared out. And you also have a consignment store called Repurpose Consignment, and it is going to help people. I'll let you tell the story, but you have all of this stuff and you have a beautiful mission. So that's the reason why I wanted to have you on the episode. And so can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing right now? And then we'll go into the backstory of how you got to where you're at. I I do clean houses, mainly if people are struggling with depression or ADHD, anxiety, really any kind of mental issue that they're dealing with. People go through things and I get that and people don't realize how much their spaces and their environments affect that and can affect your peace. It just takes away so much from you. So I go in and I clean these spaces out for them. A lot of times it's very healing too for them because they, it's for what seems impossible now seems like a breath of fresh air to them. So I started doing that a couple years ago, really just basic cleaning and deep cleaning. And then I've kind of found my purpose through it and which led me to the more of the hoarder houses, cluttered homes and things like that. And now since I have such a big heart for addicts and people that struggle with addiction in general, I started a consignment shop to raise the money to start sober living homes for my community. I live in Metropolis, so we don't have anything made available to them except uh, there's jail. There's a couple like meetings that they can go to, but there's not many like resources made available to them. Right. 
And it's such a beautiful mission. I just love it. And that's why I wanted to, to share that with everybody. And we're from, she's from Metropolis, Illinois, which is probably about 20 minutes from where I'm at. And it's just a, a very small town. There's not a lot of resources, like she said. And so that is why I wanted to share it because I think that there are people who we all have junk that we can get rid of in our houses. And so if you have any of that to donate, then that's where you can find her at the repurposed consignment shop. So can you tell me a little bit about your backstory and why this is such a, it's all about your heart and it, it's not just a story that you're not just doing it just to be doing it. Like you actually have personal experience with this. I do. I grew up in a home that was filled with addiction and many different types of addictions. Uh, it was just very broken. And so growing up, I struggled with how to cope with society and just so many different aspects in my life. And which ultimately led me to addiction myself. I was in, I was addicted to um, meth for about almost two years and it started back in 2018. And it was just, it was, it was a very big eye opener for me. I don't regret going through it because it, it brought me to where I'm at now and it made me and my family members closer. I didn't resent them anymore. I finally understood what it was like to go through addiction and it's not something nobody wants to do. It is hard to to get out of it, especially if you don't have healthy coping skills or a healthy environment to get sober in. When I went, went through addiction, it definitely changed my whole perspective on how I see the world and people. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about it now, because I met some of the best people that were addicts, just the biggest hearts, people that wanted to change and just didn't have the resources. Tell me about that moment whenever you were, because I remember watching a Facebook live, it's been several years ago, but it was just like, your story is just that story of you had this moment where you were at someone's house and I can't remember the details of it, but you just have this mystical aha moment and like this whole divine experience of just like yes. it clicked for you. Yes. Um, so at that point in time, like I, I remember that day, it was so, it was such a, it was like the worst day of my life and the best day of my life all at once. Cause I remember begging God to just take my life. I did not even, the depression was so bad. Like I, I did not want to continue. I had, I didn't value or love myself so much that I was willing to put any drug into my body to fill that void of what I was feeling. And I was I remember just, it's, it was just, it was such a crazy experience on how it happened. I just remember begging God, I don't want to be here no more. And if you're real at this point in time, I didn't have anything that I believed in. And I think that's why I was so lost in life and not really have a purpose and, and didn't value myself. It was just a, 
I don't even know how to put it into words sometimes. It's, I think what, what addicts do is they chase after we're filled with trauma or we're filled with so much hatred and we just don't feel like anyone could ever love us or just so many different things that you're thinking that are so negative that you chase after a drug that you think will give it to you and the drug ends up being the reason. I just remember sitting there and just feeling so hopeless and so and. I just did not want to be on earth anymore. I just, I was tired of doing drugs. I was tired of being homeless. I was tired of being a certain way towards people, just rude and just so careless with how I lived my life. And as I'm sitting there begging God to take my life, it just, it was just that moment where it was just, and it leaves me speechless sometimes because I can't even put it into words, but in the blink of an eye, just every single sin that I had ever committed was just placed before me. And I'm just, you go from being so why me to, oh my gosh, I don't, I'm, I'm the reason why I've been set back or I'm the reason I've been put in these situations or I just remember begging God to take away my pain I begged and pleaded for him not to take my life even though I didn't deserve it after go after sitting there and realizing all the wrong that I had did and I wasn't putting positivity back into the world I was so blinded in a way to worldly things, just things that I thought that I should be or do and what I didn't have or because I grew up this kind of way, I felt as though I was cheated. And after sitting there going through all of these emotions and just feeling so lost, I just remember taking a deep breath in and then as soon as I took that deep breath out, just love and peace filled my body in a way that I could not even explain to you in words on the peace and love that I feel felt. You just, I felt forgiven in that moment. I felt grateful. I felt just the amount of love that poured into my body that day is the love that I wish to give to anybody else out there, especially people that are struggling with depression or just addicts. You just, it's, it was such an overwhelming feeling for me that it changed my life forever. And it changed my perspective on how I saw the world. It changed my, just who I am as a person. Just the fact that my life could have, been taken from me that day in a blink of an eye and I was given a second chance and I sit here and I when I tell my story it just sounds so crazy to people and it's even crazy to me sometimes because I still have problems putting it into words on on how it happened for me it's still like 
hard to process, but I think that's why I do what I do now. And I am so driven and have such a, such a uh, big heart for people that do have depression or do struggle with so many mental disorders because I was there. Like I get it to the full extent. Like I get trauma, I get depression, I get it all. And it just, I never want anyone to feel so low that they think that putting a drug into their body is the answer because it's not. It's just a, a very destructive past and I ruined my relationships with people. I ruined um, just who I was as a person is not, I'm not proud of, but I make sure to share my journey with people so they know what I went through and how God changed my life and my purpose and what I do now. So yeah, that's a little bit about how it happened. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. So it sounds, I feel like this is usually how it happens. You have this, what I call like a kitchen floor moment where you just like, it feels so heavy and so dark and like, even if you think that there, you see a little bit of light of a way out and you think of all the things that you have to do to fix the situation and make it better. And it's just so overwhelming because of you look back and all the mess that you've created and you just don't see a way out. And then since you have the trauma, then, and you, all that you've ever known is people who abuse you physically emotionally all of the ways and then so you have this sense of not feeling loved or wanted so then that just adds to it because you're like I don't really have anybody to turn to nobody really loves me nobody really cares about me anyways that's the mindset that usually people who have that kind of trauma and addiction that's the kind of mindset that they have and then so they can't really see a way out and so they numb it and that may be through drugs or alcohol or sex, or we even do it on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and all of those mm-hmm. things. There's not, it's not just drugs. We're numbing it and we're not even living our lives because we're not wanting to look at the trauma and the, the, the stuff that has happened to us whenever we were younger, or even as an adult, we just want to bury it and pretend like it's not there. And so I think it's, very beautiful how you are using your story and your experiences and then you're able to transmute it into something that is going to be helpful to other people who are in that same or similar situation and you can be like I love you and I'm gonna I'm here to help you because that's what a lot of it is like there's not a whole lot of resources in some areas and then if there are then there's all these criteria that you have to meet and you have to do this and that and it's just so many hoops that you have to jump through just to get help and then the people who are supposed to be helping they sometimes they look down on you or judge you and that's not helpful either and so we really need people like us and other people who are able to look at somebody and not look at oh look at that prostitute look at that drug addict look at that alcoholic and look at what they're doing so judgmental and instead be like this is my sister this is my brother when looking at it as we are one and I can if I can help you then 
I want to do that and be like, what happened to you for you to get to where you're at right now? And being able to look at it and understand why they are the way that they are and why they're in that situation instead of being like just pointing the finger and being like shame on you but instead just being like let me help you and if we can move into that mindset I think that the world even if it's just in the really tiny communities if we can start to have that kind of mindset it can make a huge change because if you're just changing one person's life then they can go on just like you, somebody helping you, then you've been able to help so many people because you started to have that support system and those people that came into your life that told you that, hey, I love you. Hey, we can make it through this. Hey, we can do this and being really supportive. And then so just one person can help hundreds and thousands of people. And we just need that one person who is willing to be like, hey, I'm here for you. And no addict, I've never met an addict that wanted to be an addict. Right. It is, they would all, oh, I want to get clean or I want to do this. And not just addicts in general, it could be anything that they did, whether it be a, maybe they're always on their phone. So they have a phone addiction. I don't want to do that. I just don't know how to do other things. Or maybe it's just so many different things. Nobody wants to be that way, but they get some sort of satisfaction from it. And so some people just need a way, healthier coping skills or somebody there to, um, relationships is your biggest, the biggest help you'll get in life, whether it be from a friend or a family member or anything, just we're all energy. So if you get positive energy from people, that's what you're gonna, that's what you're gonna start seeing or being. I can definitely tell when. I wasn't when I was in active addiction and it wasn't the family members that would scream and yell at me to get sober that got me sober. It was somebody looking at me, telling me, or at least to continue to be sober. Somebody looked at me and said, you are such a beautiful person and you have a beautiful heart. I would hate, I I just don't want you doing drugs anymore because I would hate for you to give it away to drugs. And that, and these people just, they stay in my heart forever because they didn't, they weren't angry with me. They didn't belittle me. They didn't nothing. It just took that one thing that they said. And it was just like, oh, maybe you're right. Because we have so many negative things that go on in our mind and it takes, whether it be a positive or negative, if you have one negative thing that you start thinking, you're going to think about it over and over again. So if you're constantly telling yourself you're an addict and you never get clean, that's what's going to go on in your mind all the time. Or if somebody else is telling you you're never going to get clean and that's what you're constantly going to think. So I think that's why it's so important for me to go in and especially when I'm cleaning and I tell them you're doing a great job. I know it's a, you have a lot of clutter but at least your children are being fed or at least you have a roof or just so many like positive things that they need to hear that they may not even be hearing on a daily basis or their brain's not telling them that it take, it took one person to change my life. And that's what I hope to do for many others. Just even if it's 
just to get them through that day or maybe that week, just something that they heard to get them through. I wish I would have had that when I was going through what I was going through instead of just so much negativity when I was going through mine. Right. It makes such a huge difference. And I would love for you to talk about what were some of the things that you did in order to stay clean? Did you have to change your environment, your mindset? What are some of the things that you've held on to that you had to repeat to yourself to make it to where you didn't use or whenever you were in a tough situation and it was in a spot where you usually would have turned to the drug to make it better? What were the things that you did to pull yourself out of that? Definitely environment was a huge thing for me because you have to find a place where mine was, I couldn't get my peace at home. And it wasn't that it was any of my family members fault because they were broken people also that didn't know how to handle their emotions. But I knew if I wanted to get sober that I had to find peace somewhere and like right now, I'm right by the river. I get so much peace being by water and it could be any kind of, any kind of, wherever I, I find water, I get so much peace from. And so I made sure to, if I was overwhelmed or was feeling like I was about to relapse, I would go down there and journaling, journaling my emotions. You have to feel through your emotions. That is so important and I can't stress that enough we the reason why we chase after things is because we don't want to feel like you said about being numb and I think for me is after getting sober and then finally like realizing what triggered me like finding out what triggers you or what puts you back in those situations to use like I had to change what I listened to because certain music would make me want to use certain places would make me want to use or I had to make sure that I had a really healthy support system outside of, of whether it be like a, like an NA meeting or like a groups like that, just super great friends that don't judge you and just are there for you and to push you along to make sure you are doing that don't allow you to go back into that depression or you need somebody that, that tells you, Hey, that thought isn't right. You are better than that. Or you are a great person. You have to have that support in your life. And also I deepened my relationship with God, knowing who you are as a person. And I think that's a lot of everyone in this world problem is that we want so badly to be liked or to be like this person or that person. And they tell us who they are. So it's important to learn who you are and to love yourself to get to really get free from addiction or mental health problems in general. So those were my biggest things that I did. Yeah. I love how you mentioned just being able to feel your feelings. And that's one of the things that I really teach. I know that some like spiritual mentors, they will say you can do this and that and the other, but and then you skipping that process. And I don't, I personally do not feel like that is part of my process that it, it's just, I can do all the mindset work and everything. And I can talk myself up and do all the app 
certifications and do all of this yeah. stuff. But if not, I'm not dealing with the shame and the guilt and yeah. um, whatever else is going on in my mind, then it's not really going to do anything. It's not going to be, it's not going to last long term. So just allowing yourself to really feel all of the emotions and maybe it's not sadness. Maybe it is anger. Maybe you are angry at somebody who did something to you. And some people are like all oh, love and light, but that's not the way that it is either. And you have to actually feel like this person did something to me and I am yes. allowed to cry. I am allowed to feel this way about it. And by going into those emotions and actually feeling them, then you are able to release some of it. And then each time that you go into that feeling, then it gets a little bit lighter and a little bit lighter and a little bit lighter until yes. a couple of months that goes by. And then you're like, Oh, I didn't even really think about that here recently. And so it just, it's a process. It's just like losing weight. It's something that you have to do almost on a daily basis in order to get to where you're wanting to go. Because if you decide that you're just going to give up and be like, oh, well, I'm not going to work on my mindset anymore, then it's just going to go back to the way it was before because you're, yeah. it's the, the neuroscience of it. Your mind is going on this pathway and if all you've known is trauma and people talking negatively to you or telling you're not worth it or all the things that they've said to you, that's what's going to be running in your mind all the time. Yeah. So you have to tell it something different. You have to tell it the things of what... God thinks of you and what your kids think of you and like really looking at how other people, the people who love you, what do they think about you? What are they saying about you? And really just highlighting all of that and running that in your mind instead of letting the other negative things run in your mind. And it's a continual process to, you have to almost be like, no, we're not going to have this thought today and just yes. instantly changing it and not allowing it to go down this rabbit hole of just continuing to sink down and, but also making the time to feel those feelings too. So it's a mixture of both. Don't set in the negative feelings, but at the same time, don't, don't ignore them either. So just make time to explore those emotions. Maybe you have one day a week where you run a bath and then you just let yourself cry and feel all of the emotions, whatever they may be. That's something that I actually do, even though I don't deal, I don't have addiction or anything anymore. I, that's how I process my emotions is by doing the bath and running the bath water and having a, an altar space and calling in my spirit guides and God and all of that to help me to, what are the thoughts that you want me to have? let me see myself through your eyes and what is it that I'm you want me to do there's a reason why we had these experiences happen to us and it's I think that it's to help other people it is a divine purpose a divine mission and the more that we can let go of the things that are not of God then the more that we can go into that mission so I really love your story and I'm so glad that we were able to get on here and share this with other people and um, your cleaning business is called Heaven Sent Maids and it's sent S-C-E-N-T so I really love that I had a little play on words for that and then your your consignment shop is repurposed consignment shop and that's in Metropolis Illinois what are you wanting to create with the funds that you have for that can you go into that a little bit my ultimate goal is to start the sober living homes or Oxford houses. 
the difference between the two is just an Oxford house is the people that live there, they run it themselves. And then a sober living home, would they have like an outside person that runs it and checks up on people and just watches over all of the people there. But either or I feel would be beneficial for our community, but it does everything in life costs money. So just like getting a building or whether it be renting a, a, a home or whatever the case may be, I don't know exactly like where I want to do it at. I'm just hoping that that a place can be established for to start one of those for the community. I've talked to a couple places. I've got a meeting with the Massac County Drug Coalition here this week to touch more base on that and um, what their funding is or if they do have any idea, like other ideas that they could help me with. I know there's another church here in town that wanted to do a sober living home for men so that if they did do the men's, I would try to do something for the women's or I'm not really... I don't really have anything that's like set in stone or a hundred percent yet. It's just based off of, I know in my heart that I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. It, it might take a little longer if I'm doing it alone, but at least I know that if I'm reaching out to the community and trying to get other people's help with it, maybe we can speed up the process because all it takes is one whether it be people in addiction, maybe they, it takes, there's so much fentanyl going around right now that you can lose somebody. I've lost loved ones over the past weeks to drugs and it just takes one time to lose them. So I'm hoping that if I spread awareness and let people know that the cause I'm doing it for, maybe that will help speed up the process and then just raise awareness of it too. Yeah. So Everything that I get at my repurposed consignment has either been donated or it's been, since I do clean out clutter homes, I'll go and put it in the shop and resell. And then there are a couple people there that have like some consignment items, but other than that, it's been mainly donated because they do, my community is very, it's what they want is they, everybody has a loved one or everybody knows somebody in active addiction here in Metropolis. It's so saturating in drugs. And it's just so sad because it. a lot of people will say that, oh, look at that addict or look at that person or they get shared online. Oh, there's just so many shameful things built around it, but nobody is doing anything about it. And um, so, yeah, that's what I, that's my goals with it is just to change, <clears throat> work on changing the community as a whole. Yeah. So having more education to let them know. Uh, how they can help and what's going on with those people. It's not just because they just need that support and that help. And so by teaching people how they can support and how they can help and yes. how they should speak to people who are in addiction and the shaming does not help them. Yes. So I think that is a big part of the education that needs to happen with not just the families, but the community too. Like it's not helping to shame them and, and then not do anything about it. Are you really is it bother you that bad and you're just going to sit there and do nothing? <laughs> I think that would be very important to have that to where somebody can talk on that and have that for the families and for the people. And we've also lost uh, people to addiction and, and fentanyl. And it is, you know, they had their whole life ahead of them. And 
it's just very sad to see that they their pain was just so heavy that they thought that was the only way to numb it. And then they were only trying to numb it just for that moment. And then now their their kids don't have a mom or a dad. And it just and then that cycle continues too, because yes. then the kids are left without their mom or dad. And then that brings up all kinds of stuff for them. And then they're going to do it, it, it until somebody comes in and talks to those kids and lets them, shows them love and uh, helps them with their emotional regular to regulate their system, their nervous system and all of that. It just continues. It doesn't get better just by saying, oh, shame on you. That does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really think that would be very helpful to have that. What are some of the ways that people can help with your mission? And besides like bringing in things, what are how are, can they donate to you? Do they do, just bring that into the shop or how yes. would you like that to be? Yes, you can bring it into the shop or you can message me and I can come pick up. I've done a lot of pickups before. Also, since I do deep clean homes and declutter homes, if maybe you need help going through things, I'll come in and declutter the home for you and then you just take it from the shop from there. Yeah, those would be the best ways to help support uh, the goals and visions for that so i'll put that all in the the show notes of where her store is her shop is and then also her cleaning business and it's in metropolis illinois is there anything else that you would like to touch on there's a few things you mentioned um that came to mind like the battles we refuse to process or to deal with they will pass on to our children and I think that's so important for people to understand and that is why I couldn't for so long I couldn't forgive my mom and then after going through what I went through and then realizing that we're all just broken people and we're all just we are so victimized by our own pain and I think it's so important to realize that you your trauma is not who you are or anything you went through is not who you are and I'm there are still things that I'm working on just so my kids don't have to deal with any of that because I sit here and I move in purpose because I think about the times in addiction where I felt so low or so helpless and I just look at my four-year-old daughter and I would never want her to feel like she didn't have anybody or for her to feel like she couldn't, she didn't feel loved. I just, I think that's another reason why I move in purpose the way that I do. I just, my heart is, there's so much love that is poured into my heart that I just never want anybody to experience them kind of pains and people do on a daily basis and we all live in our own world and so we don't really think about anybody else we don't think about what's going on in another person's life because we have so much going on in our own life and I just want people to be aware that there is people out there that will help you I'll be the first to help somebody if it is just struggling with your home or sometimes I'm there just to help heal somebody or just to talk or vent or God sends, I know that God sends me people 
for the reason for certain reasons and I'm, I'm very happy that I was able to go in and help these people but I think that's the biggest thing for me is healing and helping people like process their emotions and things like that because that's Cause what that's triggers the use like when we don't process them I think self-care is the most important um, thing you should do to not just help yourself, but you can't help anybody else until you're okay. So I think for many years, it was hard for me to cry or hard for me to ask for help because at such a young age, I had to be a caregiver or a nurturer because I had to raise myself. And so that trauma just went into my adulthood and so I didn't know how to take care of myself and now that I'm able to take care of myself and put myself first I no longer am triggered about certain things anymore I no longer want certain lifestyles anymore or just things like that that would really help with your process through like recovery yeah self-care is so important and I think that I would consider in 2020 that I had what I would call like a spiritual awakening and had that kitchen floor moment where it was just like so heavy and I just wanted a way out. So I was just like praying and please let me see a way out. And then that's whenever I had what I call my spiritual awakening and then everything changed from then on. I didn't even have the same mindsets. I just started to have these little thoughts to drop in and and be like, you should think this way. And don't you know this? And it was just like this beautiful experience for me. And it's, it was really crazy and it's hard to really explain to someone who hasn't actually been through it because it was like, from that moment on, I could never be the same person that I was before then. I could never do the same things. It wasn't like, I knew that was a choice, but it was just like, I can't go back to that. There's no way that I can go back to that. And it was it, like you were saying, it's just hard to really put into words how that shift just starts to happen. And it's everything changes and then a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. So I went on my healing journey and started to look at some of the things. And then once I got so far, then I was like, oh, this isn't just for me. This is working for me. And my life is completely different. It's nowhere the same, nowhere near the same as what it used to be. And I have a story and my story can help other people. I had to take care of myself first. You Mm -hmm. always have to go first because you can't help. You can help somebody if you're in in the midst of it, because I think that sometimes we know what we should do, but we're just not doing it. So if you feel like you can have just say a message to somebody or give that encouraging word, then you can always do that. But if you're wanting to, really help and step forward it's important to take care of yourself even if you're not an addiction or anything like that you should always put yourself first and then that way you can pour from a cup and you're able to really help people in a much more a much bigger way because if you're not filling yourself up first then you're just like running yourself thin and then you're going to be stressed out anxiety all this stuff so you have to pour into yourself first and make sure that you're regulated and are able to be that person to hold space for them and so always you always go first and then once you get to a certain point then you can help other people and 
it just becomes, it takes on its own, its own energy and its own thing. And just like I was had said before, like, I didn't even like talking to one person because I would just get so much anxiety, but like this mission yes. has taken over my body and my life and I've allowed it to do it. And so doing this podcast and everything, I would have never thought that I would be having a podcast and um, even my Facebook page and all the things that I do to help other people with the the hypnotherapy and the spiritual life coaching, like all of that, that was nowhere near on my radar at all. My, my either. <laughs> Uh, if you asked me, you know, even five years ago, like what I was going to do in life, I had, I went, started college because I wanted to do like social work because I thought that maybe that was my calling because I did like to work with kids that had been abused because I was abused for many years. So I was like, maybe I can help the next person. Yeah. And it's just the fact that for my whole childhood, our punishment was cleaning. And so now that I do it for fun, I love doing it is mind blowing to me because like now I help others in that field when I thought that was something that was my weakness or something that was like, you had to do it or there was punishment or consequences. And now is used for my greater good to be able to help people. And now I feel like I'm living in purpose. I feel fulfilled. And sometimes I do it for pennies of the dollars sometimes because most people struggling with mental health. They don't have the money to, to ask for help or they have a hard time asking for help. I, I just like, I sit here and I think about things that I'm doing now and it's, and had I not went through the things that I went through, I would not be doing it like addiction. And now I'm able to help people through addiction. But if I didn't share my story, people wouldn't understand me or wouldn't, they probably like if somebody else that wasn't using or didn't have that bad background you understand like what I'm trying to say they probably wouldn't take me as serious or wouldn't think that I was as caring about it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's somebody that has been going through it to really sympathize with them or empathize is it sympathize yeah (laughs) yeah I, I completely agree with you it's like they have that connection and I find it interesting for myself anyways whenever because I went to school for social work too and but I I didn't finish not that far from being able to finish I never went back to it but it's like I wasn't in addiction yet and then I did experience all of that stuff so now it's not just book knowledge it's also I have a personal experience with this and so whenever you talk about how helpless you were and all the feelings that were associated with that like I can relate to that and I can connect with that and other people can connect to that too and that's why um, I feel like we have the stories that we have is so that we can connect with them and we're able to they're not just oh you just read that in the book you have no idea what I'm talking about like we get it we understand so I think that's yeah why we experienced it and so that we can help other people through that And so I think that it's important to be able to make that connection with people because then they're able to take you more seriously. And then that's how they're able to make that change is they know that you're not just talking just to be talking like you get it. Yes. Is there anything else that you would like to touch on? Anything um, that you would like the community to know or if maybe somebody is in active addiction right now if if there's anything any kind of message you have for any of those people I guess it would just be to 
make people aware that they are loved and they are worthy of having a fulfilled life. And a fulfilled life doesn't mean riches or having things. It just means just relationships that are filled with love, meaningful relationships built off of love and just protecting your peace, I think would be the biggest thing that I share with people. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. And again, for those who would like to donate, you can do that at Repurpose Consignment Shop in Metropolis. And then if you would like to have your house cleaned or if you have a lot of clutter, you can message her on Heaven Sent Maids. And yeah, I hope you have a wonderful day and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. It really helps me a lot if you can subscribe, rate, or review the show. Don't forget to join me in my free Facebook group, Mystic Soul Unveiled, where I will go live every Thursday to answer your questions about the episode, provide additional support, journal prompts, and more. May your week be filled with pleasure and may you see the mystical side of all things.